as we get into this message, I want to give you a working definition. It's not going to be on the screen. You'll just have to find your place. Um, many of you, when you take notes, a lot of you tell me, you're like, hey, I don't have enough note space. Well, write small, okay? Um, but, but I think it's very important. Um, God always has something that he may need you to hear a little bit more than somebody else. And so don't, don't be afraid to write notes that, that aren't up here on the screen and, and aren't there to fill in. I want to give you a definition of living spiritually disciplined. And that's this, it is doing all you can, it is doing all you can to align your heart and your life with Jesus and God's will. It is you doing all you can to, to allow God to align your heart and your life through his son Jesus and for his good, pleasing, and perfect will. It's just, it's just you, getting, you getting where you need to be. Living spiritually disciplined, it's about... Um, understanding that you need to be spiritually trained and that spiritual training needs to be of greater value than anything else that is of earthly value. Now listen, if I told you that I was striving to get in the best physical health of my life, if that's what I told you, you would not, even though y'all know I love little Debbies, you'd be like, listen, Pastor, little Debbies is off. That can, that can only be rare. By the way, if I eat one, I don't eat just one because they get lonely in there. So I eat... I mean, seriously, I believe in two or more gathered. I want you to hear this. If I told you that I'm striving to get in great physical shape, you would expect, and I would expect this of you if that's what you said, that, hey, you know what, you're going to have to um, implement some type of dieting, some type of restriction, some type of exercise. And if I told you that, that I was going to completely strive to be spiritually healthy and conditioned, if I'm out of spiritual condition, then, then I would expect or you would expect of me that I am going to implement disciplines. Here would be some of those, seeking God. I don't know what, what you came here for, but only God knows your heart. Are you seeking God or are you just seeking lunch? Are you seeking God? And then, and then are you willing to do the, 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 the tough things, the discipline things that it takes to experience God's best for your life? The Apostle Paul said in 1 Timothy 4.8, he said, For physical training is of some value, but godliness, spiritual training, is of value in everything and in every way, since it holds promise for the li present life and for the life to come. Now listen, anybody can preach a sermon, honestly. Anybody can preach a sermon. It's just not everybody seeks to practice it. And what God doesn't want, God doesn't just want Sunday worshipers. He wants living worshipers. He wants worship to be a lifestyle. That's what moves things from a religious experience to a relationship with Jesus. Listen, as believers in Jesus Christ, we've each received by grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone. Not only the gift of eternity in heaven, but guess what else we've been given? We have been given the gift of God's Spirit is now living within us. And the Holy Spirit that lives within us it empowers us, the Bible says, to live out the disciplines that God calls us to. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and a self-discipline. Listen, if you have Christ in you, you got power in you. If you got Christ in you, you got God's love in you. If you don't, it ain't just that God don't like ugly. You, you cannot be in Christ and not have love. 
Because once you understand the love of God, you can't help but let that love flow through you. You realize everybody matters. But it's that very spirit that equips you to do the work that God has for you. Listen, some of you, as you hear this, you might say, well, I can't live this way, Pastor. I, 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 can't, I can't be a radical follower of Jesus Christ. And I want you to hear me when I say this to you. That makes two of us. I can't either. And every time I try to do it in and of myself, I fall flat on my face. I'm never good enough. I'm never strong enough. I never have it figured out enough. I want us to jump into this extreme importance today as we look at living spiritually disciplined. The first thing you need to know today is this. Living spiritually disciplined, it is what separates wishful thinking from goals accomplished. Living spiritually disciplined, it separates wishful thinking from goals accomplished. Now, all of us can relate to that. All of us can have the desire to, for certain things to happen, okay, or for us to do certain things. We can have a desire but no discipline to get there. To live spiritually disciplined, you have to embrace its importance. Like, you need to not look at it as something negative. You hear me? Not, don't look at it as something negative, but look at it as what Jim Rohn says. He says discipline is the bridge between goals and accomplishment. Okay, you, you, you set a goal of what you feel like you're needing to aim for or what God wants you to aim for, and then you do everything within your power to, in, in position of your life, you know, if you want to, I, I think about ball games, okay? There in a person in here, if you can relate to ball games like I do, if you want to watch that ball game, you will watch that ball game. Why? Because you want to do that, okay? I want you to hear me. You got to want to grow in Christ, your want to has to be there in order for God's will to be lived out. Proverbs ten seventeen says, People who accept discipline are on the pathway to life, but those who ignore correction will go astray. Dr. Charles Stanley, he said, Discipline is something we despise for the moment. We all look for a place to run, an excuse with which to stall. No one enjoys it, yet those of us who have endured it Know that the fruit it produces and the pain from which it ultimately spares us makes it worth the agony. That's just Jesus calling some of y'all. Oswald Chambers said this. He is he, a great man of God. He said, spiritual maturity is not reached. I want you to hear this part. Spiritual maturity is not reached by the passing of the years, but by obedience to the will of God. You say, what, what does that mean? What's so big about that? It doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are. You have to choose to let God take you further. You can be in a church all your life. You can know script, way more scripture than most of the average person. But as I told you, it, it doesn't go anywhere. If it, you, you know why I believe that churches are full of people that are just um, uh, full of information and no transformation? Because they have things in their head, but it's never made it to their heart and life. I can say that. I grew up a pastor's son. I grew up in church. I know what it's like to sit in church and not only physically sleep, but, but, but spiritually sleep. I'm just going, man, let me just get on past this and go get some of that rice and meat. It, it, listen, it doesn't matter who you are. You have to choose to draw close to God. Guess what God's word says? When you choose to come clean and come close, 
he comes close. It's not that God's ever moved on you. We move. It's not that God's arms hadn't always been outstretched. We just don't look at those arms oftentimes. We turn to everybody else and everything else when what we really need, first of all, is to do just like the prodigal son and say, you know what? I got to run back to the Father. I am desperate for the Father. Please forgive me of my sins. Take over my life. Being with you is better than any, anything I could ever do on my own. Listen, you won't spiritually grow until you learn how to practice what is preached. Listen, no one has ever spiritually matured without applying themselves to spiritual discipline. Each of you, by the way, I'm going to give you a pat on your back. You've already implemented spiritual discipline today. You didn't have to come to church, but you chose to come to church. And when you chose to come to church, you, 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 you saw it to say, okay, God, I'm, I'm, I'm going to come here. I'm going to go there. That's a discipline, okay? You, it, it, 75% of the population or more anywhere in the southeast and beyond is not sitting in the church, okay? That's, that's just hardcore truce. The majority of people could care less that, that any of us are here for worship today, okay? Because, see, sometimes you don't realize what you're worshiping, you see? And you don't realize who deserves your worship and, and, and maybe the need for certain things until life falls apart. I don't know about you, but, but I pray the most when the sky feels like it's falling. I'm like, Lord Jesus, man, I need you every hour. It wasn't that I didn't need him every hour before. I just realized that he exposes my vulnerabilities, okay? I've had times before where I've been preaching to y'all, and, and, and because of weaknesses that y'all know I have with two-thirds of my body being nerve damage, um, sometimes that stuff just makes me, it could make me weepy. It could, it could do all sorts of things. And, and there's been many a time I'm, I'm preaching to you, and, and if that starts working on me, I just want to run out the building. I'm human too, just like you. I just want to, I don't want anybody to see me that way. And, and maybe that's you today. You don't want anybody to see what is going on inside of you and, and, and what's really going on inside of you. And the Spirit is telling me this. You are absolutely falling apart. You are absolutely consumed by fear. You are absolutely desperate for God to reach in and into your life and your situation. You need to understand, listen, the dis distance between you and God is whether or not you're going to put your little hand in his big hand today. That's the distance. Whether you're going to get over yourself and surrender yourself. The moment you humble yourself before the Lord, the scripture says he will lift you up. And in the process, he will be lifted up because he's the only one that's going to get you up. But secondly, living spiritually disciplined is continually striving towards spiritual growth. Living spiritually disciplined is continually striving towards spiritual growth. Listen, following God Following Jesus, it is not a 40-yard dash, okay? It takes a long time to learn that. It's taken a long time for me as a, as a minister to understand that I don't have to make things happen. I got to let God have his way in my life. Listen, to live spiritually disciplined, you have to continue to strive to grow because we never arrive. Sometimes we think we're somewhere that we're not, and then life exposes that, hey, you know what? Man, is our fate small. Man, are our problems great. You see, on this side of heaven, we will never reach perfection, okay? No matter how hard you try. And for some people, they go, well, can't be perfect, so I'm not going to try. Listen, I would have quit a long time ago. I mean, I deep down want it to be perfect. I want to do things perfectly. But then I realize that it's not about perfection. It is about connection. 
Okay, so when I'm trying to even share a message with you, I'm not worried about making it all cute and perfect and, 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 and sound perfect to you. I, I want it to be just God speaking through me despite me. But if you want to grow in Christ, if you want to go where God has for you, you have to keep striving to grow. Philippians 3.12, the Apostle Paul, a great man of God, he said, I don't mean to say that I have already achieved the things or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus possessed me. Man, I think about this as a husband. Been married over 26 years. You know, in marriage, I just thought about how much God is constantly having to, to develop us, okay? He's constantly having to develop us. I mean, my wife has been training me a long time. And then on all defense, all of you ladies out there, I tell them, it takes at least 50 years to train a man. So until it's got to 50 years, just hold on. There's hope. You know, you know why I say that? There, there was hope. God changed me. Okay? I'm really being honest when I say that. How many of you in some situation, whether it be a marriage or anything else, you realized it wasn't that things needed to just change around you. You needed to let God change things within you. Oswald Chambers says this. He says, we can all see God in exceptional things, but it requires the growth of spiritual discipline to see God in every detail. I, I choose to see God in every detail, okay? Like, like I'm not in a rush right now. I'm sitting back saying, man, God, who is it that needs to trust Jesus Christ for the first time in their lives? Lord, who is it today that needs to rededicate their life? God, who is it? Lord, I don't want to miss the appointments you have for me. I feel the same way when I go into the gas station or go into the grocery store or if I was to go to the Colleton Rec Center. I'm, listen, life, the mission's out there. This is a pet rally right here. So, so when I walk out, I'm, I'm, if I'm looking to see what God's doing and I'm looking to just join God instead of do things for, just for God, but I'm looking for God, it changes things. And so I, I start finding that when my spiritual eyes are open, I see appointments every direction I go. It's endless. My wife will tell you, I just ultimately have to go, okay, Craig, you need to go to bed. You've done as much as you could do today. They're around you all the time. And I want you to hear this, that, that, that where you are in your walk with Christ affects the people around you. It affects the people around you. It starts with your family, but it goes on to your friends. In fact, I told the earlier congregation, every one of you in here, you are, you are capable of reaching at least 10 new people for Christ per year. In, I'm talking about just bare minimum getting them in the church. You know what sometimes shows us that the church ain't growing? Because they hadn't had to um, get more seats. Okay? And I want you to hear me. We, we are just starting here at Refuge Church. This January will be 10 years. We are just getting started, and God's looking for people just like you that will join people like me and others and say, hey, God, what can you do if we give you full control? That's all we're lasered on. We're like, man, God, how can we be a church that is reaching people that other people aren't reaching? We can't put the cart before the horse. Listen to me. We can't put the cart before the horse. We got to make sure that we are continually striving because as we let him lead and as we, as we grow, God will use us as we go. But thirdly, living spiritually disciplined, it is doing little things daily that make the biggest difference. Living spiritually disciplined is doing little things daily that make the biggest difference. To live spiritually disciplined, you must be willing to do things that other people don't do. 
First of all, you wake up each day saying, hey, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in that. The reason you can rejoice is you go, okay, there is a God, I'm not him. There is a will, but it's about his will. And so, so God, I'm seeking your will. That's the way you got to wake up each day. You got to say, not what do I want, not what do I feel. I've told you before, even as a pastor, there's a gazillion things in my life, and the pastor just happens to be one of them. I would quit at all those things if I didn't believe that it what mattered most is not my comfort, but that God's got full control of me. And so you want to get your head and your heart in sync to saying, God, wherever you lead, I'll go. Whatever you want, I'll do. Whatever you say to say, I'll say. And then you got to keep praying. I want you to write these things down. Keep praying about everything. You know what the opposite of prayer is? Worry. You will either worry about it or you will pray about it. Ask me how I know. I can relate too to you just gave it to God and you took it back a millisecond later. When it comes to God's word, you got to keep learning and meditating on God's word. I try to, to take a scripture each day, whether it's a scripture I've, I've known before or a new scripture, and I try to meditate on that throughout the day. I try to really do that with the, with the, with the um, scriptures that, that, that keep me in touch no matter where life might find me. I think of things like that you're familiar with, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. You know you're in the middle of a mess, and you're like, okay, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. All of a sudden, that settles my mind. All of a sudden, I understand God's will doesn't always have to make sense to me. And by the way, sometimes you think God's tearing everything down when he's rebuilding things stronger. Sometimes we think God is just tearing things down, but what, what he had to do was he had to get us off of our pedestal. Again, ask me how I know. I've been that person before. You know, pride goes before the fall. You have to keep letting God's truth and spirit guide your life. Listen, the, the top way that God speaks to us is through his word. The scripture tells us what's right. The scripture tells us what's wrong. The scripture tells us that which we can actually bank on. We can actually wholeheartedly go, hey, you know, as the bumper stickers used to say, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. We got to let the spirit, okay, guide us as well. Um, it's not, we can know God's will, but we still have to make sure we're guided by God's spirit or our attitude won't be right towards God's will. Jesus humbled himself and followed and, 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 and took on the, the, the role of a, of a servant. And then finally, you got to keep taking up your cross. Keep taking up your cross and choosing to follow Jesus daily. Listen, you coming to church today was a choice. You following Jesus today or tomorrow has to be a choice. Luke 9, 23, Jesus said, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross daily and follow me. How many of you know each day has enough trouble of its own? So, so you got enough things on your plate. Don't worry about tomorrow. Give God today because tomorrow might not come. Charles Stanley said, take steps each day to be sure that your life expresses commitment to Jesus. I ask you right now, if someone was to analyze your life, if someone was to see into your heart, is your heartbeat each day to strive to live committed to Christ? I want you to hear what Dr. Charles Stanley said on this. He said, yieldedness is vital in listening to what God has to say. Listen, if you, never, if you don't have be still moments, 
you'll be about your business every time. I mean, there are times that, that, that I just know this. I have to get away from anything else, and i got to get close to my Savior. i got to let him tighten me up. i got to let him tune me in. i got to let him help me recover. i got to let him bring me peace and guide my purpose. Charles Stanley goes on to say, it says, The amount of time we spend with Jesus, meditating on his word and his majesty, seeking his face, establishes our fruitfulness in the kingdom. He said, I hear people all the time say, well, I read through the Bible last year. He said, well, so what? He said, I'm all for reading through the Bible. But how much of that got on the inside? Or did they just cover three more chapters today? He said, I would never discredit reading the scriptures, but it is important to meditate on it. Listen, if the truth doesn't get up into your life, then it doesn't change things. Listen, the goal of every spiritual discipline is to become more and more who God would have you to be day in, day out. To live like Christ, love like Christ. You know, my, my, my main goal outside of knowing that I know Jesus as my personal Savior and Lord and getting to heaven by grace through faith in Him alone, my main goal that drives my entire life, at the end of my life, I want, I want to hear, well done that you did the best you could do with what time you had, with what opportunities I gave you, with whatever talents or gifts I gave you, did you do what you should do? Did you do the most you can do? How many of you know God takes your little, and he does a lot more than you expected? Matthew 25, 21, Jesus said, The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling a small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. I've really got to talk about that small amount. I really believe that, that oftentimes we don't get to go to the next phase that God has for us because we haven't been seeking to learn what God wants us to learn in this phase. Okay? We can, you can be going through a storm um, and you're always going through a storm, but you can be going through a storm and, and God needs you to get the memo. Okay. He doesn't need you to just pray because you're desperate feeling right this moment. He needs you to learn how to live prayer conditioned. He doesn't want you to just seek the scriptures when you desperately felt like you had to it. He wants you to thirst for his ways. And so there's that difference, but you've got to be willing to do the small things. Over 30 years ago when I started ministry, all I, all, I was explaining this to my 13-year-old boy just this past week because he's expressed a feeling of, of God's call in his life. And, and, um, and, and if I can talk him out of being a pastor, I'll do my best. But, but uh, Because I just know it's not something you can just do because you just decided to do. But I find that I have to keep the same attitude that I had 30 years ago, and that's this. God, I'm available. God, I'm surrendered. God, what do you want? If you want me cleaning the bathrooms, I'll clean the bathrooms. If you want me cleaning the carpets, I'll clean the carpets. If you want me sitting still and just praying in nonstop prayer, I'll stay in nonstop prayer. I, listen, it doesn't matter how old we become. He's the father with a child. We're either walking with him or we're walking away from him. Where are you today? But fourthly, living spiritually disciplined is establishing healthy habits forward. It's establishing healthy habits forward. Now, I don't know about you, but I've restarted and I've rededicated my life to Christ many, many times. Seems like that happens every week. 
But for sure, every other week, I'm like, man, God, I just can't seem to get everything right. And once again, it's not about perfection. It's about connection. But I love the fact that God forgives us when we confess our sins, when we, when we go, hey, you know what? I hadn't been doing it the way that you would have me to do. And I know I hadn't been talking to you, Lord. And I know I hadn't been seeking you wholeheartedly. Uh, please forgive me. Listen, he forgives us right that moment. I love the fact that Jesus gives restarts a lot quicker than society. Society will take people who already feel kicked down and kick them more. And by the way, people that do that, we help them find other churches. I promise you. I don't know why the Dion Sanders just jumped out at me. Somebody get me a pair of them shades. Trey, do a GoFundMe for that. I want them shades, brother. Prime time. I, I'm serious. You know what? I, I think you need to understand that this life is not about us. It's about him. One of the greatest hindrances, I want you to hear this, one of the greatest hindrances of our walk with God is thinking it's about us. And so what we do is we, we play tug of war with God. We're trying to negotiate with God. We're fighting for our will instead of surrendering to his way. And the Bible says, and I know a lot of you, you love that scripture, um, Jeremiah 29, 11, you love it when he says, oh, man, um, you know, uh, for I know the plans I have for you, plans not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. You love that part. But then you miss the other part, verses 12 and 13. It says, and, and, and when you pray, I will listen. And when you seek me with all of your heart, then you will find me. A lot of times the reason you're not finding him is because you're looking for what you want instead of what he wants. You got to establish healthy habits forward. We're all always having to grow. Like, I mean, I wish God would grow me up. I need some fertilizer. I don't know about y'all. My wife was here. She'd be like, my Lord, yes. She got four boys, but I'm the bonus child. We all know I'm the oldest in the home. Even the boys know it. I would love to arrive, okay? I'd love to arrive. But what I have to keep doing is this. I have to look in my life and I say, when I look in my life, what is being led by God and what is being led by me? 1 Corinthians 10, 23 says, You say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. You say, I am allowed to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. Listen, you can do whatever you want to do. I'm not here to convince you otherwise, by the way. I'm not here. I'm not God. Even if it, even if it ever sounds like, um, I've been a little more jacked up today. I don't know why. But I want you to understand, I'm not, I'm not preaching at you. I'm having a conversation with you. I'm having the same conversations that God's been having with me. And he's like, hey, uh, Craig, I need you to develop the habit of praying, prayerful living. He says, I want to develop the habit of meditating on God's word. I want you to develop the habit of confession and accountability. Our society likes to hide things. We need to come clean with things. We need places that we can become clean with things. We need to develop the habit of fellowship with God's people. Sometimes there's debates over whether we need to go to church. Well, you don't have to go to church, okay? You don't have to go to church. In fact, most of you know I don't even like, I don't even like going to most church. I, I like to be church, but I don't, I, don't, I don't like just to have church. You know, I don't want, I want to just go and just, just have church. But, but some people don't understand the value of the church, Okay? fact, I look straight in that camera, the first service, and I guess I have to do it on this one too, but y'all need to hear me too. For those that since 2020 have only heard my messages in your pajamas 
and haven't been back inside the church walls, we are going to have National Pajama Day Sunday as an outreach. All of you, you can listen, even if you're a grown adult, you can wear the footy pajamas. That's the only way I know how we could get this kickstarted back, okay? So everybody, just start thinking about what you want to wear, and, and I know you ladies will be thinking about it the whole time until it's time. I want you to hear what Henry Newman says. He said, it is precisely, I want you to hear this part. He says, it is precisely in times of spiritual dryness that we must hold on to our spiritual discipline so that we can grow into new intimacy with God. I want you to hear something I feel very passionate about. It is when you feel at your lowest that you need God's people the most. It is when you don't feel like going to church that you need to go to church the most. It's when you don't feel like praying that you need prayer the most. And sometimes you can't lift yourself. You need others that can lift you and hold you and love you right where you're at. That's how we came up with this church name called Refuge. It's just about meeting people where they are. We have no agenda. And it doesn't matter whether somebody's in here for the first time or the millionth time. We'll love you the same. We want people to know they have value. We want people to know God's got a better plan than their plan. But we have to, listen, we have to be willing to do whatever it takes all right, I want you to hear me. You've got to be willing to do whatever it takes for God to get you where he has for you to go. But last but certainly not least, living spiritually disciplined, you have to surrender all to reach your full God potential. You have to surrender all to reach your full God potential. You have to continue every day you wake up to get down on your face the same way I had to do this, this morning, on your face and say, God, I'm doing the best I can I've prepared the best I can for this or that. God, take me by the hand. Take me through it and take me to it. Listen, God has big plans for each of us, and these plans can only be fully discovered and experienced through daily surrender. I want all of you to hear me for a second. You've got a situation in your life that maybe you've given up on, okay? You've got something you, you can't take anymore, all right? Have you let God take over? Are you tired of trying to do it your way, and are you now willing to give up things to his way? If you're going to get where God wants you to go, if you're to experience greater peace, greater purpose, and live the rest of your life the best that God has for you, it is going to take you surrendering yourself fully to Christ. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. This is something I strongly believe, and that's this. Only once a person comes to know Jesus Christ can they begin to live God's full purpose in their life. One, because you can't have a close relationship with God except through Christ. If you don't have Christ, you're not empowered. Okay? It's not about us, but it's the Christ that lives within us. And so we, to go where God is leading, I want you to write this down. You have to die to self and live for Christ. you got to die to self, live for Christ. Trust me, I do it all the time just like you do. I don't make posts on social media. Especially, i tell you what I do. I try to let my I, I send stuff to my wife first. I'm telling you all a secret here. She looks at that thing. She's like, are you crazy? Are you crazy? No. You don't even need to ask me that question, whether you could post that. So we human, too, over at our house. Y'all can thank my, my associate, Amy Crosby. She has filtered many, 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 many a post. 
And I mean, just stopped them. I'm like, man, you got a stiff arm, and I'm trying to have fun here. Die to self, live for Christ. And see, the reason I'll embrace that is because I care more about people seeing Christ in me than me full of me. Galatians 2.20 says, My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. I got to say something strong here because it just hit me. The world doesn't need to just hear your political stance and your rant and your rage. I'm telling you, what the people need to see from the people of God, they need to actually see Jesus and feel Jesus. Otherwise, we're just another one. I'm telling you, that's, it's as simple as that. And trust me, I have to die to a lot of things too. I, 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 just because I love something doesn't mean I agree with it. That makes sense. Just because you love people don't mean that you, that you like what they do. Listen, I want you to hear this. It takes a while as believers to learn that the Christian life isn't about us. It is about letting Jesus continue to have full control in our lives. The only way this happens is full surrender daily. You've got to keep letting go and letting God. Practice that with me right now. Letting go and letting God. Let's do two more reps. Letting go and letting God. Letting go and letting God. It sounds so simple, but sometimes it's so hard, isn't it? I mean, y'all hear me say it all the time. For those of you that are visiting with us, I have absolutely killed the term about I'm about to go hillbilly deluxe pickup truck. But for me, that just registers, okay, Craig, you you need to let Christ take over. Because you weren't called to act like every other hillbilly. You were called to follow Christ, represent Christ, point to Christ, love, lift, lead people to Christ. You are not your own. You were bought with a price. The very shed blood of Jesus Christ paid your sin debt, gave you eternity in heaven. Listen, how can you repay someone who's given you everything? Your life. You surrender your life. And you live the rest of this life for a little while because none of us have as long as we think. It's like the 94-year-old lady that I saw in the nursing home before, and she looked me straight in the eyes. She had just got to the nursing home. She said, I just blinked, and I was here. And she was looking me dead in the eyes. And I'm going, wow. She said she just blinked, and, and, the, and there she was. she was. She was at the end. Hebrews 12, 1 through 2 says, Let us strip off every weight that slows us down especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. Listen, I want you to hear me right now. The enemy, he sends certain things into your life to absolutely blow up and devastate God's plans. God takes those very same things and he makes you stronger and things stronger as a result. Proverbs 16.3 says, Commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed as we close out today just like every serious athlete goes into into strict training if they want to compete every believer here must exercise spiritual discipline to reach your full potential you got to lean in and, and and do whatever necessary to seek God to lean on God to turn things over to God you got to do the little things that make the big difference 1 Corinthians 9, 25 through 27 says, Now every athlete who goes into training and competes in the games is disciplined and exercises self-control. 
in all things. They do it to win a crown that withers, but we do it to receive an imperishable crown that cannot wither. Therefore, I do not run without a definite goal. I do not flail around like one beaten in the air, just shadow boxing. But like a boxer, I strictly discipline my body and I make it my slave so that after I have preached the gospel to others, I myself will not somehow be disqualified as unfit for service. Listen, on my tombstone, I don't want it to say world's greatest pastor. I want it to say true child of God who finished the race. And was found faithful. Would you bow your heads with me today? Dear my Father God, Lord, as I have felt you all morning just pressing on my spirit, Lord, letting me know that there are just numerous people, Lord, listening right now, that they, they're on the edge of everything falling apart are allowing you to put everything together where it was supposed to be to begin with. God, I pray, Lord, that they would know that they can trust you. Lord, I pray that they would know how much you love them. Lord, how much you can take the biggest mess and turn it into something beautiful. God, help them to know, Lord, all you ask for is their heart. You want us to surrender our heart, God, because if you have our heart, you will have our life. God, I pray that each and every person listening right now, Lord, first of all, if they don't know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, Lord, that today would be the day that they, they confess that, that, that Jesus is now their Savior, Lord, that they confess their sins and ask you to forgive them of their sins, and they, they believe in, in your son Jesus' death on the cross for their sins and, and, and that you overcame the grave, that by grace through faith in Christ alone we can be saved and have the promise of eternal life. Jesus, I pray that any person that's given their heart and life to Christ today, they would take that next step, whether it's to be baptized today or whether it's to be baptized some other day. But Lord, may they tell someone else about their decision. And God, for those that today you just wanted them to, to be awakened more spiritually, just as you did in my life, I pray, Lord, they will not forget what you've spoken. And that the truth that has been poured into them today, I pray it would not be wasted. But I pray, Lord, that it would multiply beyond their imagination. God, I put this church in your hands. God, I have known for some time, Lord, that we're just on the runway. And you're about to take us into the sky, into the highways and the byways. God, but right now, Lord, we got to be anchored ourselves. Anchor us, Lord, in your love. Anchor us, Lord, in your truth. Guide us by your spirit. Use us for your glory. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. As you stand with us, this altar is open. I'm available to you. This baptism is, I promise you, by the time you finish getting baptized, I'll have you um, some dry clothes 15, 20 minutes later. Okay? Or I'll give you this shirt. Would you stand with us? If you've made any decision today that you just want to come and speak with me about, I won't have this mic on. I want you to come to me right now.